Welcome to the Just Be Real Sis podcast. I'm Dr. Angela. And I'm Candace. We believe that women can win together. We live boldly. We live authentically. We live unapologetically. And we encourage you to do the same. We understand the need for real conversations with diverse perspectives because we are more alike than we are different. We know that inclusion and honesty are our superpowers. The only requirement to join us. Just, just be, be real, sis. Welcome back to Just Be Real, sis. We are excited to be um, continuing a conversation that we started in the previous episode. So welcome back to part two of Just Be Real, Little Sis, where we will be continuing the conversation with our guest today, Kelsey Morgan. So I'll let her mom have the honor of introducing her again to you guys. So if you haven't listened to episode one of Just Be Real Little Sis, please go check it out. The conversation got deep. The conversation was real. And we had so much good information. We felt like we needed to continue um, the dialogue. And who better to do it than my daughter, one of the triplets, Miss <laughs> Kelsey Morgan. So Kelsey, thank you so much again for really being open to this conversation and sharing with us um, things that probably we wouldn't hear otherwise. And doing a comparison of what parents think we think we have is, is important, but you may not think it's as important. So we learned so much on the last episode. Looking forward to really what we can uncover on this episode. So let's get this conversation started. Yeah. <laughs> Just say, yeah, you're excited. All right. So we, I guess we want to open this episode up with something that is very important to Sister and I. It's a conversation that we talk about often. It is the importance of choosing your friends and how that impacts your day-to-day life. So Kelsey, talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you look for in others when you are choosing friends. Um, I look for people that don't look like me. Um, I want to have a diverse group of friends, different ethnicities, different religions, different beliefs. And just so I can get an insight on um, an understanding of what other people go through. Because if I have nothing but black friends, which is nothing wrong with that, I kind of don't understand what it's like to have a Muslim friend. And which I'm glad that I do. But um, it's important choosing your friends that don't look like you, that look like just different than you, because it's easy to be comfortable with someone that you don't have to compare yourself to because it's always good to have something that's different. Wow, I think so many adults can learn from that. As a matter of fact, so there was a class that we took at work that talked about, um, it was really around unconscious bias, but it talked about making sure that when you do uh, pick, if it's work, you know, people as far as employees, or if you're also looking to embark on new relationships and new friendships, definitely go outside of the norm and go with people that don't look like you. So for you to then say that, where did you learn that? What made you approach it from that standpoint? I think that's really cool. Um, it's hard to get out of your comfort zone if you're always around someone or something that's comfortable. Um, it's kind of hard to embrace other cultures and be educated on someone else's life when you're consistently around the same people with the same background. That's really good. So, um, so it's interesting that you would say that, Kelsey, because you know a lot of my current work revolves around inclusion and diversity. And one of the things that we've learned is that there's so much information that comes at us on a daily basis. I think the estimate is 11 million pieces of information in a day, but our brains are really only able to process about 40. 
And so what we do is we categorize the things that come to us so we can understand them. So the fact that you're emphasizing getting out of that comfort zone and reaching out and being around people that aren't necessarily like you, that's major. Um, one of the things for us that we talk about, sister, when it comes to choosing friends is how people show up in your life. So what are some of the qualities that you look for outside, of course, the physical that you think makes a good friend? Kelsey. Um, someone that uplifts you. I say surround yourself with people that are doing better than you so you can aspire to do even better. Um, don't, if you feel like you're consistently comparing yourself to your friends or you feel discouraged or you never feel like you're enough, then those aren't friends. And that's toxicity, toxic, I can't say it, toxicity, um, that you don't want to be around. Um, I say surround yourself with people that enlighten you, inspire you, and make you feel ambitious. Um, there's nothing better than being with someone that have the, you know, uh, saying great minds think alike. There's no better feeling than wanting to share ideas with someone other than yourself and going and exploring that. So encouragement is one that you're looking for as far as the trade. That's good. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so some of the qualities we've talked about, sister, that are important when choosing friends. I think we should have a quick little conversation about that. Exactly what Kelsey just said. Mm -hmm. That will encourage you, uplift you. Uh, Kelsey just mentioned, you know, when you're winning, you know, watch you claps. If you're constantly comparing yourself or you feel um, drained and discouraged every time you walk away from a conversation or an interaction with that person, those aren't your friends. And mm -hmm. if you can identify that at such a young age, then, you know, we hopefully at this point should be able to figure it out as well, because those are the very things that we talk about all the time as women. And I just wanted to add on, it can be hard sometimes realizing that now your friends may be toxic um, mm. because you've been friends with them for a long time and you've been dealing with them for a long time. So how do you approach that and say, I kind of don't want to be friends with you anymore, even after we've been friends for more than, you know, two years? Um, I say start small. Start with people in your classroom. Start with people around you. And even if they don't come up to you, come up to them. Um, you never know when someone's in need of a friend. And that friend can turn into someone in your life every day. Yeah. So sister, you just had around people just because they've been in your life forever. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So time is really important when it comes to friendships, right? So Alexis, my daughter, she's, she's 12. And we had this conversation around how and when you promote people to the most important parts of your life. And she referred to one of her friends as a best friend. And I know that's common, you know, people use that term, but it isn't something that we should take lightly. And so we had a conversation around defining what the best means when it comes to your life. And that that space is really only reserved for certain people. And if you put people in a position in your life that they've not yet earned, one, you're blocking the person that should be there. And two, you're setting yourself up possibly to be disappointed because you put someone in a position in your life that they did not deserve or earn yet. So, you know, I think to Kelsey's point, you don't always necessarily have to say, hey, guess what? We're not friends anymore. But you can limit your access, right? You can um, decrease the amount of exposure you have to that person. And then over time, the point is you get to choose who you allow to have access to you. 
I love it. And that, and that is one funny thing. So we always talk about us and our friendship and our dynamics. One thing that when, when sister will say something like what she just said, you can't say we can't be friends anymore. So I think differently. <laughs> uh, I have no problem. You know what? Of course you do. Be friends anymore. I'm I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> but I get it. You know, that's not, you know, that's not something that everyone would choose to do. But listen, I mean yeah, I just wanted to yeah. I don't know if this is <laughs> you don't have to do it. You don't no, have to no, do it. No, You're no, not no. no, I just wanted to say I don't know if this is an expression or not, but I was thinking about it like grow new roses before you realize the old ones are dead. Like <laughs> I don't know if that's an expression. <laughs> so we have two shirts. <laughs> two shirts. <laughs> So the last one was confidence booster, and now you know. Like, I'm writing it down. Yes, say it again. Yeah, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Grow new roses before you realize the old ones are dead. Yeah. Yes. So relationships. Relation dates, man. <laughs> oh, that's so good, Kelsey. And, and it's hard. It's difficult, but it's evolution of self. We're in a constant state of learning and unlearning, and. Just because that worked for me a year ago, it, like you mentioned, if, if, if you're not ambitious and you're not, you know, looking to do new things, then, and you're not inspiring me, then I don't know that I really need to spend my time um, because time is so precious having all of these conversations and, and these different interactions with you. So completely agree with that. It's really good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. So very good. So be mindful of who you give access to, right? And you can be selective with who you choose as your friends. There's no obligation. As you will evolve, so will your circle, or at least it should. And in order to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And I, I love what you said about that. You said start in the classroom. So uh, start in the lunchroom. Just start having a conversation with a person because they may need that, that word today, that uplifting or encouraging word. So it's really good stuff. Okay, so anything else on friends or there's a couple of other things we'd like to get to um, Not everybody's going to want to be your friend and not everyone is going to be your friend. I think that's important. I feel like a lot of my friends that I know personally try to uh, be friends with everyone mm -hmm. and I try to tell them that, hey, um, that's not how it should be. Your circle, your actual circle should be really less than four people. Um, if you have 50 friends, then not everybody's your friend. Oh, that's a good one. And I remember, Kelsey, I think you were telling me this or I read about this. Some young lady, and I don't think she went to your school, but she was having a sweet 16. And because she couldn't get 100 people to show up, she was mm -hmm. disappointed. And Kelsey said, well, why would she even expect to have 100 people to show up? Because those aren't her friends anyways. Was that where yeah, And you told me, you said um you don't even have the mental capacity to have 100 friends right you don't like <laughs> what does that even look that's 100 like different so, personalities you're dealing with every day that's impossible right and so don't i guess what i'm hearing you say is don't be disappointed because everyone is not your cup of tea like we don't have to be friends with everyone and i think that's that especially for women and we've talked about this in past episodes that people pleasing gene right mm -hmm. uh, and then we get really disappointed well this person doesn't like me it's okay and? it's okay yeah it really is okay that is that is so important like that is that's a gold star um contribution to this conversation because i think so many girls now they do feel like they have to be liked by everyone because of this culture of how many likes do i have or how many views do i have or you know everything has to be perfect and if people don't like me i'm not valid and so to be able to say kelsey at your age that 
everybody's not meant to be your friend and that's okay. That's a big takeaway. That's a big takeaway. That's real good. <clears throat> you make me wonder, can, can we be friends? <laughs> She's thinking that's already covered since I think that's already covered. I love it. I'm like, I want to be your friend. Um, so the next topic, and we touched on this on the last episode. So again, if you haven't listened, please go full of so many gems. But we talked about um, self-esteem. And I think this is a big one because we create so much pressure today, especially around our body and our appearances, as we've talked about earlier, um, the things that we wear. But talk to us about self-esteem and how hard it is just to every day as you wake up to really build self up. You mentioned affirmations. So again, you may want to talk a little bit about that. I know that's something that we do, but anything else around the conversation and young women in self-esteem and how this is a really big issue. Um, what you tell yourself is important. Don't, you don't want to, don't want to lie to yourself every day, calling yourself, you know, ugly. Um, it can have a great effect and it's mentally draining to every day look in a mirror and feel like you're nothing. Um, all, and that goes back to having friends as well. If you don't have any friends that they don't have to consistently hype you up just to make you feel important, but if there's no one around you in your circle telling you, Hey, like you are beautiful inside and out. And I, I don't think that's a friend and self-love does start with you. Um, like I said, if you're consistently telling yourself I'm ugly, then how will you ever feel beautiful? Um, that that you need validation with yourself first before you receive any other validation from someone else and i i mean it's not fair to you to lock yourself in this cage of ugliness and be dark when you can when you you can obtain self-love by loving yourself and it does get hard and it's gonna hard it's gonna be hard to love yourself because there's gonna be people that don't want you to love yourself but i feel like when you pull through it's it's worth it it's worth it wow so kelsey that was so important what you just said it goes back to the question that we often ask what do you know that's true and each day when you wake up you have the opportunity to pour into what you know is true about yourself and so the reason why it's important for you to be aware that you're beautiful that you're smart that you're worthy that you're valid is because like you said there are going to be instances where the opposite comes to you through other people or through your environment. And you have to be really, really secure in knowing what's true for you. Um, and it does start with you, like you said. So giving yourself those positive messages each day. So what you said is so important because the more you're able to give yourself these positive messages, the more you can be solid in what you know is true about yourself. And that'll help, you know, kind of protect you and, give you some armor against some of the things you may hear from other people. So that's, that's really powerful. And I hope that so many of our listeners are bringing their daughters to this conversation, going back and listening to it. I know that I will go back and listen to this episode um, mm-hmm. and take notes myself, but you know, I love to tell my girls all the time and my boys, I tell them, I say, Hey, you're stronger than you think you are. So that self doubt that we create, um, we have to really get that out of our heads and live through some things, go through some things, push yourself. You talked about being uncomfortable. Um, You talked about 
you know, finding people that don't necessarily look like you. Well, I think to me, that's how you build self-esteem as well and confidence because you're like, okay, I can look back. I got through that um, and I'm still here and I survived it. So super important um, because I, I see that a lot in teenagers. There's so much self-doubt. And even today when I was telling Kelsey, I said, hey, here's some of the things that you've accomplished. And she didn't even realize it. She's like, wow, that that's me. I'm like, that's all you, baby girl. Mm -hmm. um, I think that helps with building self-esteem as well. Okay. That's all right. Yeah. All right. What's next, sister, that we think? Um, is well, we kind of touched on, we touched on peer pressure a little bit in the previous episode. I don't know uh, what else we, is there something else that you want to talk about around that? We kind of touched on it in relationships and with boys, but what about the peer pressure between girls? Mm, that's a good one. Or like the mean girl type of vibe that some girls have how do you deal with that because it's one thing they have pressure from boys but it's something totally different when it's pressure between girls and, and what you know do we do about that or how do we combat that we talk about just being real and we talk about you know collaboration over competition which are things and messages that you, you know your mom and i talk about with women but what can we do to support girls in starting this conversation earlier and recognizing the value behind being together and that being more powerful than any sort of competition or negativity. Um, I feel like the mean girls that try to feel, make other girls make like downgrade other girls or make them feel little, they have their insecurity on their own and you can't really save themselves. You can't save them from themselves. So that's just something they have to deal with. But don't let any any girl step to you thinking that they run something when in, they definitely don't. Um, if you, I say, stand your ground. Um, don't you don't have to be rude, but just stand your ground. Don't let someone else the same age as you try to tell you what's up. Um, grab someone else. I remember in my bridge builder group. Um, very sweet girl like these girls were just messing with her just picking on her every single day and like I saw it happening and I went up to them and I was like what's your problem and we kind of we settled it out and the girl came up to me and she was like I didn't have in the, I'm not making this up she was like um I didn't really have the confidence you know to step up to them and she was actually the one that told an adult she was like thank you for giving the confidence to at least tell somebody even though I couldn't talk to them in front of their face so I feel like standing your ground when it's the mean girl vibe, when you feel like there's some mean girls, because my mm -hmm. mean girl is a insecure, insecure or, you know. So behind every mean girl is an insecure girl. Um, I will say this too, uh, Kelsey just mentioned something that I have said to, you know, to you guys over the years is when it comes to peer pressure, when my children come to me and they'll say, well, my friend said, and I'll always laugh at them and say, so you're listening to someone that's the same age as you. <laughs> always remember that. So their frame of reference is coming from, you know, your frame of reference. Um, and I make Kelsey laugh. And I know we're not talking about boys here. We're talking about girls. But one of the funniest things is she was telling me about something that some boys said. And I said, oh, so it'd be like Cameron or Caleb saying the same thing to her brothers. And she's like, oh, point taken. I was like, I, I can't get them to do this on a daily basis. So we're giving them that much weight in the conversation and how we feel. So uh, I think when it comes to peer pressure, though, um, I like when you say stand your ground. And I know you're saying that in a way 
not necessarily from a, a, a negative place. It's really more just standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. But then that goes back to this whole conversation around having the confidence to do so. And something else that you said that I think is equally as important, if you see that behavior, um, not being afraid to go, hey, that's not cool. That's just not cool what you're doing. That That's not what we do. And that's not cool. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Girls are supposed to support girls. Right. Girls are supposed to support girls is what she said. So we need well, we know the message is getting through, sister. Girls think, are supposed to support girls and women are supposed to support women. You're exactly right. And we love to say, and I still think it's true, we have more similarities than we do differences. And we have to embrace that. The same thing that you thought about when you woke up this morning was the same thing I was thinking about. Uh, respect that and know that I feel the same way. So mm -hmm. that's good. Mm -hmm. Anything else around peer pressure and making decisions and not listening to your peers or not feeling the, the overwhelming pressure of having to make a decision based off what your friend group or peer group is saying? If you're not with it, then quit it. Um, <laughs> I, I think like if you're, if you really don't feel like this is right because everybody has a subconscious, if you don't, if you're, I don't care if you're wrong, I don't care if you're right, better safe than sorry, get out. Get what do out. I tell you all the time? What's my favorite quote? Don't make don't make permanent decisions in temporary situations. Say it again. No. <laughs> no, no. But seriously, don't make permanent decisions in temporary situations. Don't and that 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 we already know what that means. Like for example, sex. Um, don't let anybody pressure you into doing something. I mean, we all been taught that. Like, don't let you know. Don't let anybody pressure you. And yeah, it can be like, a, oh yeah, it's so common, it's so typical, but that's ser it's serious. Um, mm -hmm. One bad decision can ruin your life forever. So I have another follow-up question to that. Speaking of peer pressure, and again, we don't have to go into any detail. We're not telling names, but it's a big pressure right now for kids to vape, is it not? Oh yeah, oh, I I've been pressured to vape. And All my kids said that they get pressured daily to vape. Here, you wanna go ahead and vape with me mm -hmm. in the back? Okay, so tell the listeners for those that don't know what vaping is. Vaping is just almost like a electronic cigarette. It's just flavored mm. and it just it's it's awful. It still has nicotine. Nicotine is still a drug. Um, it might not have the same um, ingredients as a cigarette, but it's actually worse than a cigarette. And a lot of people don't know that, and a lot of people don't believe that because they think vaping because vaping has been. Um, advertised as better than you know a cigarette because it only has nicotine no you're still addicted it's still a drug and you receive with withdrawals mm -hmm. from it um how often are you pressured or been asked to vape? i'm not pressured too much because i've made it known that i'm not with it so <laughs> if you come up to me we're gonna have a problem but there are some people that are pressured um into vaping and i think to myself i'm just like you're vaping at a young age ruining the inside of your body um and a lot of kids don't i don't know if, i don't know if they don't know or they don't care but it's seriously ruining your body like i'm not i'm not a doctor but it it, it doesn't take rocket science to figure out that nicotine and vaping what it does to your lungs and what it does to your inside so what are some of the things that you're saying i know you were saying like in your peer group or with people that you see that it's so prevalent and I don't even think as adults, we realize how often it's happening, but it's a real thing. Like kids are continuously vaping, sometimes even in places we wouldn't expect, like school and other places, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
there I can't even sometimes I walk into the bathroom and there's like a group of girls just in a circle hitting here here and I'm like are you kidding me I can't even use the bathroom in peace and I'm not gonna sit here and like be like oh my god like (laughs) I'm not gonna do all that but it's just like are you like kidding me like there's some kids that I'll be in class and they'll be like hey in class and I'm like yo like are you kidding me and I just I've been in the bathroom there's been a door in the toilet and I'm like are you kidding me and I can't even use the bathroom so I feel like it's become a big problem and it's sad because I see so many kids who get their jewels taken away they suffer from withdrawal and they're itching to find whatever they can get their hands on it's like crack I'm like are y'all serious and I don't even think it's, it's not even parents buying it for them they're getting it from other people like on, mm-hmm. on my Snapchat, I'm like, this vape, who wants it? Fifty dollars. And just like that, it's sold. So it's when you can get access, you can get access to pretty much anything you want. So this this digital currency, this so we've learned two things. So cash apping for noobs, and then now you're telling me on Snapchat they're offering to sell vapes. Yeah. I mean you could sell pretty much anything on Snapchat <laughs> if someone lives in your area. I know people that sell clothes, which is you know right, fine. But. Yeah, but there's people that sell like carts and stuff. I don't know all about vapes. I don't know. I don't. I'm not with yeah. it. But yeah, it's and, alarming. You know, of course, marijuana too. Narcotics. Narcotics. Yeah. Pills. Hit me up for gram or whatever. And I'm like, oh. wow. Okay. Well, we really have to be vigilant around making sure that we talk to our kids about social media and just these different platforms. So we were thinking that it was just like a pressure type of environment but now you're exchanging goods this way that you shouldn't have access to so it all boils down to what we're doing you got to have real conversations with your kids and ask them are these things that are you know you're having to confront because it's big that's a lot and what you cannot be guilty um, of doing is saying not my child i think so many parents do Mm. that Uh, not my child you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's Candace's child. Um, and, and that's fine. I'll, I'll own all of that. But we cannot do that as parents because I know that that happens too. Well, my child would never. Uh, okay. Okay, then. As I sit my water. <laughs> and it also it goes back to picking your friends. Like, I know plenty of people that vape. And a lot of people like, like if you're around a lot of people that vape and you sometimes, you sometimes like you, you might not even condone it, but sometimes there's always going to be that, well, might not be that bad. Let me try it one time. Everybody now else is doing it, so maybe I should, right? Those types of feelings. Right. And that's why you should pay friends that always have their best intention and have your best intention. Yeah. In particular, for me, it's helping me understand the dialogue that I need to start having with my middle schooler. Have a conversation. Just have yeah. a conversation. How, I mean, like, do you, is there any vaping activity going on? Do you know, I mean... <laughs> Be straight up, like, is there some babe? And be com- like, make sure you're approachable. Um, don't As a parent, you're saying? Yeah, like, don't make it seem like they're going to get in trouble you just because you don't be like, well, then you're probably vaping. No, but just be like, hey, is there some vaping activity mm-hmm. going on? Like, I'm hearing about these vapes. And then you, like, don't you, you know, don't you know better? And, like, your child isn't perfect. They're going to, you know, yeah. be teenagers and they might try it, but. Well, interestingly enough, we've already had that conversation even in middle school. There was actually a meeting that was called by the school to address the issue in middle school. 
So, you know, I've already started having this conversation and it's not as prevalent, you know, because it is middle school, but they're already starting to have this conversation around the dangers of vaping starting in the sixth grade. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, really good stuff. So any last words around peer pressure before we move on to the next topic? Anything else that you can think of that, um, again, that parents need to know? One of the um, last things that I'll ask you about it is, and you covered this a little bit on the last episode, and, and you've also covered it here today as well, but what does it sound like if I'm a mom and I would like to have this conversation or start the conversation, tell me, you said be straight up about the vaping. Okay, well, what about some of the other topics that we've covered? What do I need to come up and say to you to make you feel open enough to communicate with me? um seem genuine just seem genuine okay like, just be like hey like i know I, like just take about five ten minutes out of your day just to talk to me tell me what's up um is there you know something that something you said to me the other day you said sometimes um kids don't feel like they should burden their parents and i said what do you mean mm-hmm. and you said well parents are so busy parents are on their cell phones all the time uh, parents don't really take a lot of time out of their day to just show me some, you know, interest in what's going on with me. That's so, why I think parents should come to the child rather than the child coming to the parent. Did, did you hear that sister says she said the parent should come to the child. Um, so put your cell phone down. So. But there's a thin line between knowing, concerning about what's going on. And overreacting. And then overreacting or invading privacy. Yeah. Don't come in yelling or don't come in with all these assumptions and scenarios just let your child and even if you might not get a lot of information out of it just let your child tell you what they want to tell you because a lot of times out of 10 a lot of kids don't come to their parents because they already know how they're going to react Mm. I I know one of the things I'm guilty of and my kids had to tell me we understand, we know when you were growing up. <laughs> that's how I would lead every conversation. Well, when I was, you know, 15, uh, that's this is what I did. <laughs> it's not the same. Um, and I did that only to show that I can relate to what you're going through. I probably have gone through it myself at some time in my life, but uh, definitely um, I, I hear you loud and clear. Don't be overbearing is what you're saying, but then keep the lines of communication open by being approachable. Mm-hmm. What about you, sister? Any feedback from you on that? Well, I, I 100% agree. Like we're we're learning, we're learning how to have conversations because it's so different now versus you know this is not a conversation that we would have had with our parents. I wouldn't have known. Like I didn't. I wouldn't know to say, "Hey, has someone requested a cash app for a nude picture?" I wouldn't even know that if I had right. right. So you know, I think it's just true. We just have to, like we said in the last episode, one of the tips was ask questions, but be prepared for what you hear. And that's kind of a common theme throughout what we've been talking about. Just be open to what you're going to hear and be mindful of your reaction to Kelsey's point. You know, try not to, I don't want to use the word scare, but scare your child into not feeling like they can come and talk to you. And and one more thing to that point, again, you know, I hope parents don't say not my child because believe it or not, we did do a little bit of research before we decided to do this. Um, episode and Kelsey reached out to several of her friends and you know I have other children and we're talking to them as well and I've had a couple of kids to say to me I don't feel comfortable enough to have this conversation with my mom mm-hmm. um, so I think that's super important as well um, 
but yeah. I think it leads us, I think it leads us really into kind of our final point for, for this episode. And that's this conversation around how to encourage our young people in this age of increased depression and particularly mental wealth. Because I think we assume that young people do not have the same issues that adults sometimes have, or we think that this is something that will come later in life. But what we're finding is that these feelings of anxiety and or increased depression are happening earlier and earlier. And maybe to your point, Kelsey, is because a lot of the things that normally we wouldn't face at this age, our kids are having to face. So I think it's important that we have conversations around mental health and mental wealth and what we can do to encourage that in our, in our kids and support them when they struggle, you know, because that may happen. And, and telling parents, you know, it isn't a reflection of you and, and don't make it about you, but really taking the time to invest and have conversations with your kids when they come to you and say, you know, I'm not okay. And can I say something? And then I want you to chime in, but I actually pulled this information. and I think it's important to, to put this out here around depression. It says that teenage girls can be affected by almost anything. It seems when things don't go their way or when they don't meet the standards of their peers. But however, this is what they're really feeling. They feel the pressure of low grades. So we've already touched on education, a breakup from a boyfriend, high uh, parental expectations, so we've discussed that, not being able to have the conversations, change in body and weight gain, the increase in substance abuse and, and seeing other friends do it, and then lastly, the, the uh, other factors that we don't know, the unknown, some of the things that we've uncovered today, all of those things can trigger depression in young girls. So again, Kelsey, I know we talk about this all the time, this is so important to me, um, please share with us, you know, your thoughts around depression and anything that some of your friends have shared with you. And, and how do we really, um, as sister said, practice this um, mental wealth and, and, and focus on our mental health? What do we need to do? Um, I'm, I mean, as a teenager, it's like sometimes depression, saying you have depression is a trend. So almost everyone will try to self-diagnose themselves um by feeling that just because they have one or two symptoms they feel like they have depression um depression is a serious thing and a lot of people kind of they don't take it as serious they're like oh my god like yeah i'm depressed just because you know they suffer from a small amount of anxiety and i'm not saying that even if you do suffer from a small amount of anxiety because it can lead to depression but i don't think it's right for a lot of people just to self-diagnose themselves so i feel like what I feel like there's certain precautions as a parent you have to take with your child and make sure you are having those conversations like you don't feel like you're depressed are you and it might it might be a pride thing where they might not come up to you and straight up say hey I might be depressed but like I said you know your child if you feel like your child's not showing signs of their typical self then reach out um reach out to somebody reach out to them first but yeah reach out to them first mm -hmm. and since this is your areas of expertise so what would you say yeah. about that well, what we're finding, and, you know, I do this in partnership with my husband, we're having more and more conversations with kids around this topic in particular, anxiety and depression. And what we found is that it was more prevalent than we even thought, because we, we can have a room of, you know, say 40 or 50 kids and ask the question, raise your hand if you or someone you know has had any sort of a battle with depression. And almost every time, 
the majority of the kids in the room were raising their hands. And so for us, you know, as mental health professionals, we're like, what conversations do we need to be having with our kids? What do we need to do to try to support? Because not only was it depression, but it was to the point where kids were explaining that they were having feelings of self-harm, that they had found other ways to try to cope with their feelings that weren't always necessarily healthy. And it's to the same point, Kelsey, that you were saying, they didn't feel comfortable having this conversation with their parents. So they were suffering in silence, which is dangerous and scary, right? So that's why it's important that we bring this issue to the forefront and that parents, once again, have real conversations with their kids because our kids are battling some things and they're not always talking about it. And so I think if we show up from a place of support and, and being non-judgmental, that's a big one, um, and say, hey, listen, this happens to more than just you. What can I do? What can we do as a family to support you? There are resources available to you. There are professionals that are available to you that can talk to you, that can help you kind of process through what you're feeling, and that it's okay to take advantage of those things. And I like I just want to add on like sometimes it's not even the parents and I feel like when you have someone that's struggling with an inner battle sometimes even when the parents try to reach out or try to get help sometimes that doesn't even work and sometimes it's just a battle that they have to fight themselves because you can't save everybody from themselves so I feel like when you because there's are there are some parents out there that are probably helping their child and the child doesn't want to receive help and at this point you you can say you've tried everything that you've done and you don't want to necessarily give up you still want to give that support and that support system but at the end of the day if they still feel like if you still feel like what you're doing is not enough then you might need to well, not that, but need to, you know, might need to step back. Yeah. I think that what you can also do is what you said earlier is every day show up, be present, um, get, you know, get involved. And, and what I mean by that is I'm not going to let you go in here and isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not. Um, let's get outside. Let's go do something. Um, you know, the other day, Kelsey and her friend, I took them. I said, hey, we're going out. We're going to Botanic Gardens. We will get out. We will explore nature. And at first they were like, oh, I was like, oh. you, you, <laughs> this is just be real, sis. At first you got, you, I mean, they were open to it, but they really enjoyed themselves um, and they didn't have those phones. Right. And so they, I saw them sitting on the bench talking like two little ladies and so cute. Um, But the point is, is I need to thread as many happy moments together as I possibly can because they are battling things that I'm not aware of. So my job is to just make sure. And again, as a parent, I have to be there, right? I have Mm -hmm. to focus in on my mental health in order to be there for my children. Um, And I love what you said about, you know, there are professionals that you can go talk to. And I think that, again, the stigmas have been broken, but it's okay to go talk to somebody. (laughs) Like it is. Uh, and it's necessary, I think, um, in order to be here for our children. Yeah. And, like, just, like, one more thing I want to add on. Parents aren't, because, I, I, cause I, you know, sometimes we find ourselves blaming parents. Like, oh, that's because they didn't want to help. And that can be the case. But I feel like, as well, parents are mind readers. You can't expect someone to always figure out what's wrong with you when you're not willing to talk about how you feel. And it might, it might be hard to talk about how you feel or you might not know how to put your words together to make it sound like, like 
what you're trying to say is what's truly wrong with you. Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, when you at least reach out, you're doing something, you're taking the step that you need to take. Um, Cause you, you don't want to be in that bubble where you feel like no one wants to help you when you're not willing to get that help. Cause again, the only person you can save from yourself is yourself. So, so as for the teenagers listening, um, that is something, you know, I have said to, to my children, Hey, this is a two way street. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I need you to meet me halfway. Let, let's talk, you know, let's have this conversation. Okay. You don't want to do it today. Now as the parent, I'm showing back up the next day. Hey, you know, the conversation you didn't want to have yesterday. Are, are you ready to have it today? Oh, not today. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let me know when you're ready. But again, I, I need to um, have understanding of what's going on and, and meet me halfway on this relationship. And for the parents that do have that conversation with their child, don't come from a standpoint of, this just try to I mean I'm not saying just be fully into like being leaning or something like that I'm just saying like be their friend before their parent when it comes to certain stuff like that because sometimes they won't tell a parent because it's like oh now I'm about now I have to go see a doctor just because I said I feel like I have depression now I shouldn't have said anything so I feel like when if you're there as a friend first and if you do feel like it's getting serious to the point where they need a professional then go get help but at the beginning of the process, don't immediately think, oh, well, now we're going to go get you some help because not everybody. It depends on the level of it, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. right. And that's important. Um, but parents, you know your, your children. And so, you know, when it's something that's beyond your um, area of expertise or if you feel like, listen, I don't have a firm grasp on this. Let's invite someone into the process that may be able to help us work through this. It's important. It is important. So. Kelsey, thank you again. Once again, this has been an amazing conversation and I think we've shed some light on something that's really important and very prevalent, even if we're not always looking at it. And so as someone who is looking at it, I'm telling you, talk to your children and or any young people that are around you about whether they're they're struggling. Um, And you'll be surprised at the answers that you hear. And I'd also like to add this, it's not always the child or the children that you assume would struggle that are struggling. It's the child that has straight A's. It's the child who's been accepted to three or four Ivy League schools. It's the child that's the top athlete on their team. It's the child that seems popular. Those are some of the kids that are struggling the most because they feel the most pressure to keep that level up. And so I think sometimes parents you know, we assume that because the grades are good, that the child is good. And that's not always the case. I've seen case after case where that is not true. So don't assume that because your child appears to be well balanced, right? And they're doing well in school, that everything's okay. Have the conversation. You know, it's, it's funny you would say that. Again, I have to take everything back to work because I think as we're teaching our young people, these are some of the things that do show up in the workplace. And one of the things that I've recently been hearing a lot about is, are you focusing on your top performers? Because we typically mm-hmm. let them do their thing. Hey, they're good over there. We don't need to show them any recognition because they're going to perform regardless. That's not true. And we're finding that more and more of those people are leaving organizations simply because no one's checking on them. No one sees anything. And they've been carrying the weight of the entire team. Um, one more thing I must say that I think is so important Uh, Again, Kelsey, thank you so much for being open to share this. But I think what the message that needs to be sent is that you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. 
there are so many other people that feel what she feels. There are so many other parents that need to have this conversation. We are in this thing together. And I think that the support of one another is the most important thing that we can all take away. So for every you know, struggle, for every insecurity, for every everything that we've talked about, that means that there's so many more people that are going through this and they're just not talking about it and they're being silent. Let's continue this conversation. Let's bring it to the forefront and, and open up and have some real dialogue and be prepared to help one another and lean on one another. Again, we, we have the same struggles. I think that's super important. So Kelsey, thank you. We appreciate you agreeing to do an additional episode with us because we know that it was a lot, but you have given so much of yourself today. And I know it's going to have such a powerful and positive impact, not only on girls your age, but also their parents and possibly the boys too. So I just want you to realize and just point to you for a minute how amazing you are for doing this. And we don't take it for granted. We don't take it lightly. So thank you. I know your mom is over there super proud um, because you have handled this like a champ today. But just thank you for caring enough for other people to do this. So you've done amazing today. You've done an amazing job. Thank you. I love you. So, you know, we always, at the end of every episode, provide you all with tips that you can use right now to encourage some of these conversations. So we'll provide those now. So tip number one, practice and discuss mental wealth and ask for help if you need it. Tip number two, have tough conversations. It's the only way we will gain mutual understanding. Number three, watch for changes in your child's behavior and take the initiative to start the conversation. And tip number four, just remember we are in this together and together we will get through this. Don't forget to subscribe and share so we can grow this movement. If you have show ideas or would like to be considered as a special guest, you can email us at justberealsis at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at justberealsispodcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. As always, remember to serve first. Stay encouraged, be kind, and just be real, sis.